0: Hey, greetings! Glad you could join us today. We're glad we could be here too for the. I think this is the fifth episode of Mike the Baptist with three preachers, and the famed uh, Jason Riccardi is back today. He was gone What's on up? a reprieve of some sort. We think it was a camp. Was it I, a youth camp? Yeah, and I've I've almost recovered from that. Uh, well, this is good because, ironically, uh, I want to talk about church camps in a little oh, bit. Oh, fun! Okay. Just, uh, just for kicks. But, and with us is H D Jones, our other preacher friend. Glad you're back. And Coots, um, what's up? This is Michael Coots. Coots is back for another edition. And uh, I've heard some pretty good reviews, fellows, from people who are actually watching this and listening. And uh, they probably are more impressed with you guys than they might have been originally. So, Did you say impressed or depressed? I'm not sure what they said. Come to think of it, it was. It could go either way. Pressed toward the end there, but anyway, we hope you're having fun. We've been having fun. I'm I'm looking forward to these now when they happen, and we get together on uh, Saturday mornings for your viewing pleasure on a Monday afternoon, and that's just fun to say. I don't know why, but hey, we're going to get right into it today because Jason brought it up. So uh, uh, I want to continue with the brought it up. I want to talk about church camps because uh, I'm in the room here with three preachers who should be very experienced with church camps. Uh, one of them, specifically a youth minister. Were you ever a youth guy? I was. Yep. So two, uh, HD didn't like kids, so you didn't really. Well, but you was, were kind of. Yep. I've yeah. been several youth camps. You were for a while, and you do like kids. That's just kind of humor. Bad humor, but it's humor. But anyway. I thought it would be fun to uh, spend a few minutes on our front porch visit and just kind of maybe share a few uh, church camp tales because I know know they're out there. And uh, I've got one, but I'm not going to be selfish and start that. I want to hear from you guys first. So whoever's ready, let's uh, let's talk about church camps. This should be fun. Uh,
1: Who's first? Jason is
0: gearing up for something here.
1: Yeah, I've actually got two uh they're two of my favorite ones to ever tell the first one is actually several of your your viewers uh the people that are familiar with you actually are in your hometown in arkansas right yes and so they'll be familiar with this location when i first started in student ministry i would take a group down to shepherd the ozarks yes in uh arkansas down there yes on big creek <laughs> yep. do it
0: on big creek at harriet yeah, yeah.
1: yes and it's a great place and so this is my first full-time job in student ministry and I'm taking students there. So I have this t-shirt, it's a little little inside joke to myself and it says I have decided to put myself in charge because it, you know, 26 years old or whatever, 26, 27 years old. It was kind of humorous to me that I was in charge of other people's lives. And so we go down to the camp, have a great camp, but the uh, the camp was really strict. Uh, really strict. And so they they had this multiple page list of of things that you would get fined for if you left and it, these things had happened one of them was uh you know you get fined like 15 dollars for furniture being moved you'd be fined like five ten dollars for every piece of trash is on the ground you would get fined if the beds weren't made you would get fined if and the thing that really scared me is if the taxidermy uh got busted <laughs> yeah okay so the bear, the big stuff. Yeah, I mean they got stuffed heads everywhere. I think there yeah. was like a stuffed badger, a stuffed fox. Um <laughs> there might have even been some larger stuffed animals, stuffed bear, some other stuff like that. Yeah. And so when I reserved uh the cabins, I thought that I was reserving the one that they had been in before. Mm-hmm. And that was on the uh the, what was basically a dry creek bed most of the time. Mm-hmm. And that was at the dry the bottom of the cliffs, but it, it turns out that I reserved some on the upper here on the Indian bluff. Yes. And so we had a, a great week, had lots of fun, um, just an enjoyable time. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm as nervous as, as can be. It's one of my first times to ever take a group by myself to, you know, being in charge. And so we get there, and the morning that we're leaving, I'm, I'm making sure that the students aren't leaving trash anywhere, everything's back where it's supposed to be so it don't get fined. Well, the the camp director comes into our cabin, and he, he says, hey, uh, I need to talk to you outside. And I was like, oh, this <laughs> this uh, this can't be good. Because I, I know that the night before, some of our students had been able to jimmy the locks on some of the other cabins and had taken pictures riding some of the taxidermy. They jimmied the locks. Yeah, jimmy the yeah, J- locks. Um, <laughs> the church camp. At church camp, yeah. And so he pulls me outside. I'm like, oh, my gosh, one of the students has done busted something in one of the other cabins. And he comes out, and the first words out of his mouth are, Now, I don't mean to alarm you, but your van is underwater. And and I just kind of look at him. I'm like, What? I understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, but <laughs> you're going to have to explain this a little bit more. So he says, Well, I'll take a walk with me. And we, we took a little bit of a walk and we looked over, overlooking what was a dry creek bed uh, the night before. Our van is now. It had been about 15 to 20 feet above the dry creek bed, and it's now completely underwater, minus about an inch of the top of the van. <laughs> and what had been a walkway across from one side to the other, big big walkway, was uh, was folded up like an accordion, a couple hundred yards down river. And so uh, that was that was one really fun instance. And I, I just this is a quick one right here. Okay. So you meet all kinds of students in student ministry at another another location. In Texas actually, we had a we went on a mission trip. And we get we made these funny videos. We showed the students telling them to pack right, do things right, and and we even gave them the, the packing list, all that stuff. Well we we go and we we make the drive out to I think it was Oklahoma. And we get there. It's the night before we actually start on the mission trip. And a kid gets out of the van and he's only wearing flip-flops. And we say, Hey Curry, you know, we're actually not Um, working right now but we want you to get used to wearing closed-toed shoes on the job site and he looks at us and he says this is all I brought so it's a mission trip and he only brought Mm flip-flops and so we just we kind of look at him like okay we'll we'll figure this out tomorrow and so we go off and we're talking to the the missions director kind of figuring out what we're gonna do in the next day and all of a sudden we hear this dang it (laughs) <laughs> and we, we look over and this kid is just bent over holding his foot. And, and it turns out in the few seconds that we had turned to talk to one of the, uh, the missions director, he had grabbed a hatchet and was chopping through saplings. Chopped through a sapling into his foot, had to get seven staples in his foot the night before we actually started on the mission trip. Uh, that kid... Uh, is now on the U.S. Men's National Handball Team. <laughs> Makes sense. Not the football team. Not the football team, but the, the handball team. As a, as a side it's note. Yeah. Not so what
2: you did yeah. <laughs> so I, got, I got a couple of... Uh, one, I'll just have to throw myself under the bus because I was one of those teenagers. And, uh, gosh, people like <laughs> Linda Dozier and Miss Diane Jackson has gone on to be with the Lord now. I, I wonder why they ever wanted to come to Temple and let me be their pastor since... They had been my chaperones at youth camp. Knowing, knowing. Knowing, right, like, yeah. right. So <laughs> our, our group goes down to this camp in Chattanooga, and uh, it's we're tent camping. It's hot. It's the middle of July. And I get up, and I can't find one of my buddies. Well, he's actually supposedly one of the adult chaperones, but I can't find him. So we go to the mess hall, and I see a light on in this walk-in freezer. And I go in, and this friend of mine is a pretty big dude. He's sitting there kind of in his shorts, in this walk-in freezer with a log of baloney, like gnawing on it and i open the door he goes hey shut the door man it's nice and cool in here <laughs> so, yeah that was yeah, we, we got in a lot of trouble with those camps and stuff uh had a lot of fun my one of my first experiences at temple uh as soon as i came to temple six months later your youth minister left and we had staff meeting they looked around the room i was 35 pastor was 45 Mm-hmm. And brother little Smith was probably 75 so yes. it was like who's gonna help with the youth Well I guess the young guy's gonna help with the youth yeah. so I'm going to a camp and I'm like i know I know nobody I know none of these kids you know and I'm trying to make sure all my spots are filled and they're like we got these two brothers they haven't been here in a while but I think if you would take them they would really enjoy it and I'm like, oh okay when they said they would go several people in the church were like Oh, you didn't sign them up. This is going to be, and they were great. They had a good time and everything, but this one episode. So when I would go to camp, I'm, I treat you like an adult. I'm like, you're supposed to be at point A or point B. You just be there. And I, I will show up to make sure you're there. So we go to worship and we're looking around. These two brothers are nowhere to be found. And I look at the rest of my chaperones. I'm like, let me go find them. So I get about halfway back to the dormitories and one of the kids literally comes out. His glasses are sitting on his head like this. He's hobbling. Blood is coming out of his nose. Apparently, he and his brother decided to have a boxing match <laughs> in their room. So, yes. yeah, that camp—that's fun. Camp is yeah.
0: Camp is interesting. And and thank you for uh, not telling the pop-up camper story. I'm I'm so proud of you.
1: <laughs> is that your story that you're oh, no, going to share no. with us here in a minute?
0: No, it's a uh, several of us were there, but. But uh, that's for another program of uh, just different, a, a different sort. Different audience.
3: Coots. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, one of the uh, mission projects I did back in the early 2000s, one of our world changers projects, uh, we were at a really large high school that, where we were housing these students. We had about 300 students or so that came in for this project. And uh, big school, multi-level high school, all kinds of wings and hallways and stuff, just a big area. Um, lights out, I think we're around 11 o'clock at night or something. So I was meeting with the staff after lights out, just talking about what was going on that day, what we had to look forward to the next day to plan for. It's probably getting close to midnight or so. And, uh, we had a student come into our office and said, uh, we got a problem. Uh, we need your help. Like, okay, what's, what's going on? I said, well, uh, so-and-so got stuck in a locker. <laughs> so we go up to the second floor. We go down. Is an adult of- or a child? This is a kid. Okay. Yeah, I got in and, trouble uh, for that once as a kid. About 13, <laughs> probably 13, 14-year-old kid. And uh, so we go up there, and we find this hallway, and there's this massive crowd of people around this this locker. And as we approach the locker, we see the locker adjoining it is open. They've got a box fan set up, blowing, trying to blow air through the little screw holes into the one that the kid was locked up in. <laughs> they had a, a flashlight hanging in this locker to give him little pin lights of light.
0: So he'd been in there a while.
3: He'd been in there for a while. That's exactly right. They had a Starbucks on a long straw. <laughs> <laughs> this kid. I'm like, he's in a confined environment and you've got Starbucks. Yeah. So we see all that and I look at him and said, so um, how long has he been in this locker? Uh, probably about 45 minutes. Wow. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. So we have to call our emergency contact. Get the school janter out at, you know, 1 a.m. to come in there because it was a combination lock that's built into the locker, so you couldn't cut it off. Oh, so really? usually about an hour and a half, you know, or so later, we get this kid out of this locker. I've got pictures of all of this. <laughs> it's amazing what this kid looked like coming out of that locker. But, uh, you know, uh, when you get a bunch of kids together, there ain't no it's, telling it's what's a, going, it's to happen. going to happen. Something's yeah, going to happen. Church camp is a good time.
0: Yeah, these were actually calmer than I was expecting. I would expect them to be pretty wired up. Uh, so, uh, years ago, I went to a church camp up in Kentucky. I think it was Barron River State Park. And I was assigned to a cabin with a, a group of young boys. I I want to say they were maybe eight, nine, somewhere right in there. Uh, and we had been down to the main lodge building, I guess, to eat or something. And I don't remember what the deal was. But we were on the way back, me and my passel heading back to our cabin that we were signed in we kind of got in a little loose wrestling match off the sidewalk you know kind of in the grassy areas just as we were getting to the yard of my cabin and i'm I'm the adult man with the group of boys so i've got to stand firm you know they were all over me so i've Time to turn into Mister Tree Trunk, so I'm standing there all stoic, Tree Trunk, and they're trying to drag me into the dirt, and it's just it's escalating. The thing is escalating really bad, and to the point where you go like, I, I want out of this. This, just I, I didn't sign up for this. I want out. So I'm kind of wiggling around trying to get out, and as I turn completely to my back, one of these young fellows who had these uh, round glasses, uh, from a crouching position and this happened like almost in the Matrix slow motion, uh, was coming at me with a clenched fist <laughs> and a very serious look, and he landed somewhere between my knees and my waist, and it took me literally to the ground. I, I heard Elvis in the distance. <laughs> I saw stars. It was uh, church camp. Yeah. I mean, he literally just took me down to the ground. and uh, But anyway, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, this may have been pre both of you guys at the church. We all go to now. We had a church camp fall Creek Falls state park. I think over, in, uh, farther uh, west of east of Nashville, a little ways, great state park. But, uh, we had a church bus at the time. Were you there? Mm-mm, I
2: saw I, pictures.
0: It wasn't new. It was a used bus. Uh, we'd gone to Florida and picked it up brought it back, put the name on the side of it and all. And, and uh Sometime during the evening, uh well I don't remember what was going on, but a commotion started because somebody had gone by the bus, put their hand in the window, and put it in gear or something. oh, and the bus started rolling, I guess it rolled off the hill out of the camp, didn't it? I mean, it just demolished total the bus, and that's the way I remember it, but um, yeah,
2: and I think what they realized was we went and bought this bus, thought it was a great deal, yes, and it was a great deal because <laughs> it really was a bus like to operate within a theme park to move you from this place to this place it was not a highway recommended kind of bus and so, or a state park recommended so bus. it uh, so. probably was a blessing you know could be i know charlie doris was happy because y'all made money on the insurance yes
0: charlie was one of the yep. founders of our church yep. and he was uh
2: i wouldn't say he was tight oh he was
0: tight maybe he was tight <laughs> <laughs> he was uh prudent i guess with a buck something to that effect
1: what happened to Cole if he held on to it too tightly
0: what's that
1: it turned into a diamond
0: yeah i don't know if he's ever turned into a diamond you you might not have known it i think he had it all buried out there somewhere (laughs) wouldn't have really known what happened to it but well okay i mean uh any any other stories pop to mind that you want to share before we move into something else
2: we probably should move on (laughs) Uh, yes yeah because
0: i could see pop-up camper in your mind and i'm not going to do that Uh, One last question before we kind of take a little break and then come back and talk about some actual things that uh, have been seen in the Bible. Um, Food. I'm always interested in food. And I'm hoping you guys are paying attention now to what you eat during the week uh, because I would just like to know. I'm interested in knowing if you have something really good, what it was. And I can tell by looking at you that none of you.
2: (laughs) It's been a pretty normal week.
0: (laughs) uh, let Let me share one thing. Uh, In in the interest of of, uh, serving the public, since there are people watching now, uh, I want to share a baked potato recipe with everybody that will change your life. I've shared this with a few other people, and I was going to sit on it.
2: On the potato? No, no, no. On the recipe and try to cash in down the road someday, (laughs) but I
0: I feel like it's probably the proper thing to do to share it. Uh, Of course, there are two people in my household. We take two good-sized baked potatoes. We wash them up. We put them in the microwave for six minutes.
1: Full on temperature? Full
0: temperature, six minutes. Now, while those are in the microwave, we turn the oven on to 400 degrees. And we put a piece of aluminum foil down on the second shelf down there. So when the microwave is done, we take those potatoes out and we rub them with a healthy, a generous uh, portion of olive oil. And then just salt the heck out of the skin and just lay them on the oven rack and bake them for 30 minutes. And when you take that potato out of the oven, you can slice the middle with a knife and push on the ends, and it poofs up just like a fanciest restaurant you've ever been to. It'll change your life. So I suggest you try it. And you don't have to wait an hour and a half to get a real baked potato. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's perfect. So try it. If you cook it like 35 minutes, you get a little more of a crispy crust. And I eat the skin and everything of a potato. I do not let a potato go to so. waste. But, but you can get those things cooked just a little crisp, and it's just like. Anyway, I get excited talking about that.
3: <laughs> you know, last night, uh, Wes Wynn was talking to me about some recipes that he does on his smoker. Yes. At the house, and he shared one with me that I'd never heard of before, but I really want to try it now. He takes a, a Nutter Butter cookie.
0: Well, just a little coaster, if you don't
3: care. A Nutter Butter cookie. Perfect. Oh, a, oh, I've heard about this. Yeah. Puts a slice of banana on top of that and then wraps it in bacon and puts it on his in his smoker for until the bacon is crisp is what he told me. <laughs> and he said, you can't make enough of those things.
0: It sounds it it's, sounds odd at first, but does. then when you get
1: to thinking about it, of course, you can put, put bacon on a shoe. That's what I was going to say.
3: Bacon makes everything better. It I makes like it Nutter Butters.
1: Like I do. Hands down. The, the best cookie you can get it is a good just cookie from the store right and i like bacon i don't know I mean, he, he I was telling me it. i don't know, <laughs> I know. Well, I'll, I'll try I'll, it i'm ready
3: to try it I, I want him to make some and bring to us good
0: uh, oh that's what we all know west wind that's what we should do is is guilt him into making us some
3: you know that would we be something great to have on this. the show if
2: he watches the podcast you know what he'll just show up with them yeah he be, will yeah That'd be a well great Monday. servant's heart right there.
0: Well, see, what's good about this is that we know several people that will watch this that also know Wes, and they will mention this to you. And so I I foresee a bacon-wrapped Nutter Butter coming All right.
1: Up. I'm right, I'm willing to try it. Look, yeah. I ate a trench I'm ate, on yeah, the try you Yeah, you ate a tarantula. tarantula. <laughs> yeah, you can handle
0: this. Uh, uh, I, I smoked some brownies one time here a while back, a year or so ago. I, for some, <laughs> some reason, I just I had that in my mind that, man, it's I love smoked food, <laughs> and I <laughs> love brownies. But, but no. Uh, they turned
3: out good, though, didn't they? I've well, heard that it's pretty good. It I kind of liked smoky. it.
0: Yeah, I kind of liked it, but but I took a whole bag of them to uh, my Connect Sunday School group, and I got some of the oddest reactions. To that I mean, I had people holding their nose and just making faces. One guy, one friend of mine, ate it, but he will eat anything. You can hand him gravel gravel out of the driveway, and he'll eat it and move on. But uh, but yeah, it didn't it didn't go quite like I thought it would. <laughs> I think because it was regular brownies. I think it needs to be cheesecake brownies smoked cheesecake brownies. You haven't tried that yet, though. No, I'm going to.
3: You need to, and we'll help you with that. Uh, we'll, we'll try
0: I'll call you. I'm not calling any of those other people because they right. still ridicule me them. over my smoked brownie situation. But
1: <laughs> You know, while we're on that subject, one of my favorites, uh, it, it's kind of my own invention, whatever. I'm sure lots of people have done something similar, but I love to mix as a, like a based uh, mustard, A1, Worcestershire, a little bit of soy. Balsamic vinaigrette and olive oil together, and you mix that in there to where it's a nice uh kind of like a dark brown color. Yes, and, and you just baste the steak with it. Yes, yeah. oh, this is so good. See how exciting this gets. This is why I want I, to talk I, about. I do this. enjoy that right there. It's good, <laughs> and it works good, good on chicken. Uh, I mean, it works really good on, on lots of different things. Burgers. You want to put put some of that on the inside of the burger and then fold it on itself so it stays moist on the middle.
0: Yes. So
2: we That's should have good. a show about that. Just bring your favorite food, and we'll test it and see if we we approve of that.
1: We could. We'll do yeah.
0: that. We'll, we'll do that soon. Uh, you know what would be even better is that uh, if listeners would kind of bring. Do that for us. If they would bring something and, and we could review it. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, if we could do that, I think it would help them, and uh, and we could and eat let's it. Let's
2: be clear. We, we want it cooked and ready to eat because – there was this time, yes. Jackson, there was this time, Yes, this old boy, and you know, he's gone, he's gone too, he's died. And, and, he came up to me and he goes, do you, you like blackberries? I'm like, I do. And he goes, I'm going to bring you some. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, <laughs> worst case scenario, I'm going to get a gallon of fresh blackberries. I'll make my own cobbler. I might even be getting a cobbler. He calls me one day, he goes, where are you at? And I said, I'm at home. He goes, all right, I'm going to bring you these blackberries. That's like, okay. He pulls up in his old pickup truck, and we're sitting there having a conversation. <laughs> And he looks in the back, and he goes, well, here you go. It was blackberry bushes. (laughs) I had to plant those suckers (laughs) and and wait two or three years and fight the birds to get a few berries. I was so mad. When he he died, I just mowed them down. (laughs) I was like, when you come up to me and go, do you like peaches? What I want is a peach cobbler. Not peaches i have to a tree i have to do the work for a right? peach seeds you can grow you like a tree avocados? here's this
1: avocado seed wait seven years and you'll be able to enjoy one
0: hey i grow those one occasion you want one i'll grow you an avocado hmm. tree from a pit
1: how, how long will i want to wait it's seven years or something yeah it? you gotta wait a long time for it's the fruit but it's
0: kind of fun watching the little <laughs> <Yeah>. plant grow <laughs> your, your grandchildren got will appreciate it yeah they will that's true yeah. i've got two pineapples growing on the back porch it's going to be interesting too (laughs) okay so um that concludes the front porch visit it's been a good one i thought it would be uh i know i know plans already for the uh next broadcast a week from today and it's uh i think it's going to be quite quite lively i got a little snort out of that one i heard that uh a little snort i didn't really know i did that until you started pointing that out but it happens. Okay. We'll be back shortly with uh, more serious matter. We're just Christians.
2: Trying not to cuss. Yep.
0: Today, we're talking with a leading expert on radio advertising. That's me. Could you please tell our listeners how you got to be a leading expert on radio advertising? Well, I had this dog. Dog? You know, four legs, woof, woof. Of course. Anyhow, Punkin' Lips, that's my wife. She coos when I say Punkin' punk lips. lips. right. What about the dog? Oh, no, he goes woof, woof. Woof, woof right. Anyhow, Punkin' Lips said Sweet Toes, that's what she calls me. Sweet Toes, you gotta sell that dog. So you bought some radio ads? Just one. One? Well, I just had one dog. But in radio, you buy several ads. And the repetition sells your product. Really? Of course. You can tell your message more times on radio for the same price you could buy one newspaper or other kind of ad. Hey, that makes sense. I thought you were an expert on advertising. Oh, no. I'm an expert on dogs. But... See that dog over there? That's the one... You didn't sell. Right. Because I just bought one ad? Exactly. Well, I'll know better next time. So how are you an expert on dogs? Well, I know when they're going to bite. When's that? Any second now. (coughs) Hey, Punkin lips. You want to come help me get this dog off this man's leg? Knowing how to use radio ads makes your radio ads work. Call FM 104 today. 501-448-5800. Hey, we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. It's encouraging to know that you stuck with us for a little while and you're not one of those people who say they watch this and don't. Because we have ways of finding out. We'll just ask you questions. And, uh. I don't know what will happen if you don't answer them correctly, but we'll we'll ask them anyway. Hey, we're moving into a portion here where uh, the three preachers are going to kind of take the reins here. And I think they have a little series of uh, studies they've been working on. And part of this program is about, I guess, kind of brushing up on uh, what that's been all about in a certain week. And you guys can have it from here.
2: Michael, you want to ask the questions this week?
3: All right, I'll do that. So uh, our first question this week is uh, some of the blessings of being a Christian are found in Ephesians 1, uh, 3 through 14. Uh, It says we are chosen, holy, blameless, loved, predestined, adopted, favored, Uh, and that's just from one of the verses. So how do each of these blessings affect our lives? How are they evident? How are they uh, affecting our views of God? So was thinking through that question earlier Um, and the last part one uh, last part of that question how do they affect our view of God Uh, on that particular part um, to me it just reminds me that um, his love is great and endless Um, for him to be able to put up with all that I do and yet then he will still see me uh, as it's described there in verse number four of loved and he has adopted me into his family I am favored uh, i mean we're like uh, each one of us are like that apple of his eye and uh, i'm thinking man what a what an amazing love that, that god has for us but what y'all think
1: you know those first two words really bring kind of two pictures to my mind the, the first one being chosen uh, do you guys ever go to lumber store so you guys go to the lumber store you know what i'm talking about you go in there and you go in the lumber store and you're looking for something maybe you're doing a project or or maybe you're putting a fence up and you know exactly what you're looking for. And then you go in there and you start pulling the pieces out. You start checking them for plum, making sure they're nice and level, making sure that they're flat all this good stuff. And sometimes you have to go through a whole bunch of them before you get to the one. You're like, that's it. That's the one. It's perfect. Every day. Yeah. And especially if you go to the big box stores, you know, um, it's, it's really like the, just this idea of being chosen. Like there's all this opportunity. There's all these, uh, these ones you can pick from, and that's the one. That's the one, I want that one. Yeah. And then uh, the word holy, it's it's a word that we throw around a lot. It really means set apart. My dad was a mechanic for years. And so if you know anybody that's a mechanic or if you have tools or anything like that, you know that you just, one of two things will happen when people ask to borrow your tools. <laughs> You'll either say, oh heck to the no. And you'll say no, that, that's not happening. That, that's usually the go-to right there. Or uh, if you say yes, if it's a good friend or something like that, you really kind of have two sets of tools, right? You've got the the one that's your that's your really good set that you no don't even look at those tools, avert your eyes, don't look at them, make don't make eye contact, and uh, those you just don't let people have. They're they're special. They're they're your good tools, and then you got the uh, the junk set. You know, it's probably probably made from. Taiwan out of uh, pewter, you know, melted pewter or something. <laughs> it's it's not good, yeah. <laughs> you know, let's see the, uh, the one that you got somewhere for like two dollars at an auction because nobody else bid on it because they realized it was no good. And then then you have that set that you'll just give to anybody if they want to borrow it. Well, God kind of sees us as the one that's just really valuable, and, and He is unwilling to let go of that. And I think that's the way that God kind of sees us. He He chose us on purpose for a purpose, and. He sees us as so valuable. He's just not going to let us go.
0: So we're not a loner set. He's, he's not. We're not his loner set.
1: Yeah. We're not made in Taiwan. No. Okay. And we're not. We're not perfect either. No. <laughs> we're definitely not made. Uh, we're definitely not perfect. Uh, you yeah. know,
3: growing up, you know, uh, in the schoolyard playing baseball, kickball, whatever, and you had to choose up teams. You know, and, and how you always felt, especially you were the first one to be chosen to be on a team, and how good that felt. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm a champion you know, I mean, God
0: chose
2: us. So. You know, when you, we looked at the beginning of this book, I love the way Warren Wiersbe talks about the divide of the, of the book of Ephesians is blessings and then behavior. And that really does kind of capture that book for me, because the first part of it is just this blessing that we have of being a Christian. And how is it that God would choose us and set us apart to be holy for his work and all that stuff. And, you know, sometimes the old hymns kind of get me, and that one where we talk about I stand amazed in the presence and wonder how he could love me because we know us. You know, even around this table, you know a little bit about each other, Mm -hmm. but nobody knows you in this world like you know you. And to be honest, you probably don't even really love yourself a lot of times. Um, And then you think about this God who knows everything about you and chooses to love you anyway. And I don't know if you've ever had those just moments. You know, I wouldn't say I've had an Isaiah moment, you know, but I remember distinctly, it hadn't been that long ago, uh, in a hurry, getting ready to go to church and go to work or something. And I'm filing through the closet. And there's this jacket in there, and I don't recognize it. And I pull it out, and it's brand new. It's like a North Face. And I'm like, man, somebody's left this, and now it's, you know, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. And, and I put it on, and it fit. And uh, I went into my wife, and I'm like, hey, is this one of the boys' coats? they outgrow it? You know, I was pretty excited. And she goes, no, no, you remember uh, we at mom's house, and she said she didn't know whose it was, and she gave it to you. And I was like, oh, okay. But I'm like, I'm so proud of my new coat, you know, and I zip it up, and I jump in my truck to head off down the road. And I was just kind of, I don't know, thinking. And all of a sudden I was like, you know what? Thank you, God. I didn't do anything to get this coat. And then this overwhelming experience with God, you know, just, yeah, and you didn't do anything to get my love and mm-hmm. uh, get your wife and, you know, all the blessings that we have. yeah, And so much of that. We think about it in the temporal world, and I think all of us would go, "Yep, out kicked my coverage with my wife, and my kids are great. My grandkids are awesome. You know, kids, um, yeah. you know." But the blessing, <laughs> still when, when you look around, when you look around, you, you deal with teenagers. You're blessed. Yeah. You know? uh, but when you look around and you just realize how blessed we are, and that we don't really deserve those things, and those are just temporal. And then you step back and think about, "Wow, God chose." Chose me. Mm-hmm.
0: So the person that's not uh uh soaked in church stuff that might listen to this and, and uh wonder about this chosen concept. Uh I'm I'm sitting here thinking that if I were not steeped in this and hadn't heard it for twenty something years, you know, so much, I would be saying, What's that mean? How do you be chosen by something you can't even see? This God thing—I mean, I don't understand that. I—I I feel like that needs a little more explaining, personally. Oh, by the way, the—the uh, time when uh, when uh, I would be driving down the road thanking God for that North Face coat would be the time he would drive me by somebody on the side of the road that looked like they needed a coat. Going, um, okay, but you just right. gave this one um, to me yeah. every now and then. Okay, Michael, it's it. just for you. Yep. But you know, I
2: would—I would say to that person. That doesn't understand understand what we're trying to communicate. I'll just be honest with you. I don't know that I understand it.
0: It's, it's a big thought. Uh
2: it's a big and, thought. And I guess the only thing that I would compare it to um, when I was a kid, you know, you're starting to date and that kind of stuff. And I remember having those conversations with my parents. How do you know that you're really in love, that this isn't just puppy dog love or just an infatuation, you know? Um, how do you know? And I remember their answer was so confusing. You'll just know when you know. Hmm. And I would say that's the same thing with God. Um, I can't tell you in words exactly how I feel mm-hmm. or how it happened, but I just know that day, that day in the truck, I had to pull off the road. I, I could not see through my tears. Mm-hmm. I wanted to tell my wife about it. I went home, started crying. She's like, what in the, you know, do you have cancer? What's going on? And I was like, I couldn't hardly get it out because it's just that overwhelming (laughs) feeling of I don't deserve. But look how awesome God is to me.
0: And why, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I have a little difficulty understanding why anybody wouldn't want to try this. Yeah. Why, uh, why you wouldn't want to, uh, believe and try it on because you hear so many people that have done that say that you can't really explain it, but you know, it's good and it's great and it's right. It's, it's really is hard to explain to somebody that,
1: you know, there's a a great, it's a guy long dead and he kind of came up with this famous, what's called the Pascal's wager, and it's just this really succinct, really easy way of kind of looking at it. And basically, it says, if I'm right about God, then when I when I die, I mean, I've lived a good life. I've enjoyed life. I've been healthier, happier, holier. And then when I die, I get to spend eternity with God. Like there, there's only upside yes. when it comes out. There may yeah. be some hardship now, but there's only upside. If I'm wrong about God. I've lived a life that is I've been healthier, happier, holer, and when I die, there's nothing. I, I've not been in want. There, there's no miss for me yeah. as, as a believer. Yeah. But if, if you don't believe in God, and you live your life as if there's no God, it's a really bad miss. It's a really bad miss. Yeah. And you get to the end of your life, you yeah. die. Best case scenario, you die, and that's it. That's yeah. best case scenario. Worst case scenario, you're wholly wrong. I'm not At a gambler, but That's if not a gamble. I were, I, take... I would
0: even think I would lean toward the odds being, you know, I need to I need to be considering that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but
2: well in the even the thoughts here in Ephesians, when you read that, it is it is this reality where Paul says you not only have come from being in the negative as a sinner, like I owe God something because I've messed up. I owe I owe I should be punished. But you not only get that forgiven, but then he's blessing you with all the blessings in the heavenly realms because of Christ. So again, I I agree with what you're saying, Michael. It's hard for us to understand why anybody wouldn't want to go, I want to hear more about that. Mm -hmm. Maybe not a hard yes today, but I want to know more. And I would just challenge anybody listening to this. If you want to know more, it isn't about watching more podcasts or listening to more Mm -hmm. preachers get on your face, and just say, God, if you're real, show me.
1: Uh, I'll never know what a (laughs) bacon-covered nutter butter with a banana chip on it tastes like unless I actually try it out. Yep. It could be the most phenomenal thing ever, but I'll never know until I try it out.
0: We'll know because Wes is coming through. (laughs) Wes is going to hook us up.
2: Yep. But, you know, even the Bible says, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Come taste. What is a taste? It's a chance. I might like it. I might not. And yeah, I agree with you. For us, we don't understand why people would reject this or just totally block yeah. it off. Yeah, but I, I get it. You know, there's a there's a an unknown there.
0: There is the whole concept, you know, of giving yourself over to something else. Especially with somebody like me, I was born a rebel. I, that's just I'm just that way by nature. That's how I figure things out. I criticize it to death pick it apart and then I've kind of figured it out and I'm okay with it. But, uh, there's a lot of people I think that are kind of that way about you can't see God and you use these terms like chosen and all that. And and you don't understand them if you're not submerged in it quite a bit. But the trick side of that is you're not going to be submerged in it if you don't ever give it a shot. So anyway,
3: well, uh, 'll go down to the, uh, the, the third question on this week and it is uh, mercy is not receiving deserved punishment. We often struggle, but Paul says this mercy uh, in our struggle refines our faith. How has this happened for you in the past? Are you struggling now? What specific areas has God allowing you to struggle to refine your faith? And uh, for me right now, uh, the way that my family is struggling is, uh, you know, just debilitating health issues. Mm. And it's stuff that there is not a medical fix for it that nobody knows about right now. And It's one of those things where you you don't know what to do other than to just pray. And it, refi- it has been refining my faith because it helps you remember that uh, we are constantly going towards the eternal. And that we have the better stuff that is waiting for us. We it reminds us, you know, uh, this body that I've got today, man, it's just gonna break down. It's going to cease to exist, and uh, then I'm gonna step into eternity. And but I've got that hope. I've got I, I know that I'm gonna have that body one day. Uh, you know, when we get to step into heaven, uh, we're gonna have all the the good stuff that we've been talking about, reading about, praying about. Uh, but as we go through this refining process it's just allowing us to remember you know it's not about the here and now it's not about all this temporal stuff that we just talked about uh, this is just uh, just a vapor this is just a one little step uh, in our journey right now and uh, we got some really good things waiting for us
1: And you talk about that uh, struggle refining your faith the the image that's really given there is is one of uh, metal smelting you know you You've got the the ore, the raw material, and you throw it in there, and you burn everything until you get to the point that uh, all that's really left is the the good and valuable stuff, and that's really kind of what happens in our lives. Just recently, I mean, it's dumb, it's just temporary stuff, whatever. But you know, I, I had to do a whole bathroom remodel, which was just a fiasco. It, there's water leak. The there's a floor joist not on the the foundation wall. There's uh, unlevel tub, and you do that, and then your house gets struck with lightning, and and you lose everything on one electrical outlet, and and it's crazy, but uh, it actually the lightning strike blew off the water connection from the water supply from the city to our house, blew it off at both ends because it was it's a metal fitting on both ends, and then PEX pipe in the middle. And so then that happens. And then you go into your garage (laughs) and you notice that you're, you you just go to get on your motorcycle and you're going to take it for a ride because you just, you need a second. And then you notice that you're, uh, you've got a motorcycle front fork leaking. And you start pricing that stuff out and you're like, golly, this is just like everything is adding up right now. And there were times when uh, when I was fixing the bathroom and there were times when I was uh, trying to, figure out the insurance stuff. And there were times when I was trying to fix that motorcycle that I just wanted to throw wrenches, man. I just wanted to throw wrenches and, uh, use not nice words. And, you know, uh, there's actually a, a hole in my ceiling because I was getting tired and I was getting frustrated. And, and when I had taken the fork apart, one of the springs like shot up and hit the ceiling, there's a, there's a dent in the ceiling and I can't find the seat spring. I had to order another one. And, uh, so you, you, you have this stuff happen <laughs> And when you're going through it, you're like, this is just flat miserable. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the other side. And I'm a better person now because of that. Mm -hmm. Because we're kind of like sponges. You know, whatever is inside of us, when life gets hard, when we get squeezed, is what comes out. And so when life squeezes us, stuff comes out. And we're dry. But the opportunity is when we get squeezed, we have an opportunity to get filled back up with something better. And that is part of the refining process that's being talked about right here. Life squeezes us. God allows difficulty in our life to refine our faith, to make us better people. So it squeezes out what's inside. And then what we really have is this opportunity to just fill back up with God instead of other stuff. And if we allow ourselves to have that happen, uh, if we see in the moment of difficulty that God has something good he wants to do with that, it makes the uh, the difficulty a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And then when you're on the other side, you get to look back and say, you know, I really, I, it wasn't fun, but I do appreciate the difficulty, the struggle.
0: You think this would work for a non-Christian person if they tried all this? What you're talking about, will that work for them?
1: Not as well, but, you know, there's... Uh, but can there's, it work for them? It could. A little bit, but not in the same way.
2: Well, there's a... There's a lot of talk about the power of positive thinking but being yeah, a, a lot false, of books there, mm-hmm. being being a person who has a relationship with God is different than just the power of positive thinking um, he helps us to think positively but the reality is you have somebody walking with you in those things fighting battles for you and again blessing you with things that you don't deserve and it, it's to me it's almost about a rest too I can rest you know. Um, yeah. I can just kind of rest.
0: I was just sitting here wondering, what does it, what does it mean if uh, in the hard times now I just take a nap?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I
0: don't get too wired up anymore. I just go take a nap. i because I'm thinking if I keep pushing this, it's just gonna get worse. I'm just gonna take a nap. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there was a story in the Bible about a a prophet, uh, just you know, somebody like a preacher nowadays that was being used by God, and then because of his views and what he said, he. He got threatened to, to get killed. I mean, and it was a real threat. So he ran off and, and hid. And most of his problems were solved by two simple things he ate and he took a nap. And <laughs> it solved almost all of his problems. <laughs> Score. <laughs> you know, there was still the same threat there. Uh, somebody still wanted to take his life. But when he took a nap and he ate a little food, mm-hmm. his out- whole outlook was a whole lot better. You know, when it comes
0: right down to it, that's about all there is. That's
1: I why mean, motorcycles are fun.
0: but
2: a Baked potato. Oh, yeah. Air. I mean,
0: I just get thrilled about that. Because <laughs>
2: you eat enough potato, you're going to take a nap. <laughs> I'm
0: hard. When times are hard, I don't suffer because I love pinto beans and fried potatoes. <laughs> it's like, okay, bring it on. You know, Koontz, I, I was noticing when you were talking earlier, when you were asking this question, and why did you skip two? Did we talk so much about one that you just skipped to? Yeah. Okay. So I noticed both times you were reading these questions and you were talking about this uh, favor and chosen and all the things you've been talking about. You talk really confidently. What is it about preachers that you talk so confidently about what you're saying? And I mean, if I was a skeptic I and I believe I'm, it,
3: you know, I, I know it. I've experienced it. And, uh, You know, all the junk that, you know, that I've been through, we've all been through a lot of junk in our lives. Uh, But the more junk that I go through, the more that is refining me and building my faith. And I am able to see, uh, even with so much negative worldly things going on right now in in our lives, uh, man, we know we are going to be okay. And it's just, it's just God, I think, just developing us Mm -hmm. for me. You know, through that and just reassuring me that um, this is temporary. It's going to be good. Uh, I've got you, and my plan is in play. And I think we've talked about this in a previous podcast where you can look back at the journey of your life Mm -hmm. and see how God has, now you know, he is the one that has charted your course through life and brought you from point A to B to C to D. And sometimes you've taken some big curves and maybe had some valleys and things like that. And through it all, you can look back and see how God has been at work through all of those things. And I can look and, and just kinda just in the, the ministry side of it for me, or you know, things that I've had the privilege to be a part of, you know, in churches and stuff, and see how God has done something crazy good in people's lives. I've seen people trust in Jesus mm-hmm. that hated God before, you know, and things like that. And it's like He's he's working here.
0: So is is preaching a job to you or is it or are you wanting to relate to people what you were just talking about?
3: Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, it is, isn't it? Sorry Yeah, to bust yeah I'm you not right really sure on, how to answer that one. I, on the you know, air, but. <laughs> in in one, one aspect, yeah. Well, you're just
0: job. so confident. I just it's, noticed you were so confident in what you were saying. Yeah. Not that HD and uh, Jason aren't confident when they're, <laughs> when they're talking about it. <laughs> is that
1: we may choice? not be confident. <laughs> we're incompetent.
0: I mean, you know, what are you going to
2: do? <laughs> we're confident.
0: You just had a bit of an air, And it may be because we don't know you real well yet. Probably so. I, I mean, do you get mad? Do you throw hissy fits and stuff? Or? Don't ask my wife that question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, Yeah,
3: yeah I, I do. You know, I, I have my breaking points, and, and uh, you know, God is still growing me. And, uh, you know, things get put up on you. You know, you got this, these weights that are on you, and you'll learn how to live with them, basically. And then another one gets thrown on you. like, oh, I just broke. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll pop off
2: i warned him a lot about temple tough love before he came on i'm like it's a real thing dude i mean it's a real thing i mean this group will not let you live in a pity party too long i mean they will make fun of you they'll find a way to bring you out of something oh yeah yeah
0: (laughs) yeah it used to be you know that uh it used to be that they would bring you pies but i've noticed people stop bringing pies you know i've been sick a couple times here in the last year so you got pies you got
2: a text (laughs) You get a text now, <laughs>
0: maybe a $5 Starbucks gift card once in a while, but it used to be real pies. But. Wow. We
3: need to bring that stuff back. I think so. I think this, this podcast could be a part of that.
0: Bring back pies.
1: <laughs> I like steak. <laughs> bring yes, back steak and pies.
3: <laughs> One step at a time. Start with the desserts, work our way backwards. <laughs>
1: Blackberry cobbler, I mean, it's it's pretty good. That's I'll, good I'll take See, one. It, it. Comes, comes right back bush. to the food. Not a blackberry uh, not a bush. <laughs> blackberry cobbler. That's really funny, right there. Oh my gosh, that was that's so just really funny.
2: I was so disappointing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh,
0: I'm actually going to do that to somebody now.
1: You like avocados? <laughs> yeah. Wait <laughs> <Yeah>. seven years. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: pretty good. Okay, you got uh, you got more on this segment, or did you wrap that? That's up? That's it. Cool. We'll take a break. Come back and play any rowdy for our. Listeners and viewers' enjoyment. We're we'll back, man.
2: Hey, everybody! It's time to play America's almost favoriteest new game show, Any or Audi, where we challenge our guests to figure out if a phrase we give them is actually in the Bible or. Out of the Bible. Sharpen your wits, guest. You're about to be in the hot seat of Bible stuff. Because you're the next contestant on Any
1: or Audi.
0: Here's Mike. Hey, we're back uh, for another exciting and thrilling edition of Any or Audi with the three preachers. And uh, we're going to let the uh, a couple of the preachers ask this time. Or, I don't know, what's the right way to say that? Are you asking or are you presenting uh, Possible scripture, or
3: I think you're asking if something's in the Bible or not, right? Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, it's always the simplest thing that's the answer. So we'll let them. Uh, we'll do a couple. Let them ask. And this this time we're going to uh, work as a team. So if if you're asking, I think HD and Jason are both going to ask if something's in the Bible. Thanks for clearing that up. That's what I'm here for. And then the <laughs> other three of us uh, will work as a team so that no guilt. Will fall on one single individual if we're wrong or if we're right. We'll share in the victory if we're right and we'll share in the shame if we get it wrong. So, uh, yeah. which of you would like to go first? Go ahead. Jason, you are you are on the asking side.
1: God helps them that help themselves.
0: Um. Okay, so we're on a team, the three of us now, to discuss... Something doesn't sound right about what he said to me. Now, but you hear it a lot. You do hear it. You hear it all the time. But now, the way I've heard that is God helps those who helps themselves. Okay, God helps those. But you themselves. said them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Either one.
0: Okay. When we going to get the pronouns right. You know it's the 2022. Let <laughs> dig in there, Jackson. Thank you.
1: Let it dig in there.
0: So he said, God helps them who help themselves.
2: That don't sound something don't sound right uh, to me. He talks about he's the father of the fatherless and you know, champion of widows and so those aren't people that can help themselves. I'm gonna say Audi on this
3: one.
0: I think I would uh I would lean toward Audi, not just because you said them instead of those, because we are country boys, so them actually work. You, and- you and- Trying to figure out which word we should use there. That's a good. One. Uh, my pronouns, by the way, are brisket and tea time. Anyway, um, so so. <laughs> well, if you're if you're addressing me, I want you to address me. All right, properly. Mr. brisket. <laughs> I, I'm with. I'm with. Did yeah, you I say did. Audi? Yeah. I think. Audi.
2: I mean, he always sounds confident, so we'll just go with the confident. Area. You know
0: what he does. Yeah. Well, will will you. you say it because in your confident voice? Yeah, I'm gonna say Audi. Yeah, that confident. confident enough. Audi.
1: Hundred percent. You're welcome. Hundred percent. You're welcome, Acie. Uh Not in the Bible, oh, but yes. it is one. It is one that you hear a lot that people kind of quote as a, like something that sounds like it should be in the Bible. But uh, in Romans five six, it says, "For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly." Now there there's a little bit of merit to it in the sense of in Second Second Thessalonians three ten, it does say. Uh, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Yeah. So there, there's some merit to it, in that if you're if you're going to eat, you should be working. Uh, and in the Old Testament, there are these stories of if you were a widow young, then the way that you got welfare was that you still had opportunity to serve and work for it. You just didn't have somebody else providing for you. You you served in the temple. So there's some merit to it in that sense. But really, it's it's a whole lot more that god does stuff for us that we can never do for ourselves i think
0: that's one of them that's probably more uh mis- misused as though it's in the scripture than any of them i can think of yeah and, uh, interesting okay we won one all right <laughs>
2: all right so how about this phrase all right this too shall pass
0: now wait a minute are the other three of us on a team yeah they're yeah on the team didn't we do this a couple weeks ago? We may have. I can't remember, but I'm going to say Audi.
2: Wait a minute. This is the one we did to you. Is it? Yes. Did I get it wrong? You got it wrong. So I want to know the right answer. I'm going to say Audi.
1: This <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, great. Need a yes, we need consensus, though. Yes, we need one more. You guys sound pretty confident. Let's yeah, go with okay. Audi. Well, I mean, we
0: came to that pretty quick, and we do need just a little more time for the music to... <laughs> Oh, you want Yeah.
1: Uh, okay, so, God, what was it? This uh, too shall <laughs> pass. This too shall pass. Well, you know, there is a lot of stuff in Ecclesiastes that kind of talks about uh, eat, sleep, drink, marry, See, that's the blessing of man, there's, there's stuff like that, there's uh, definitely some passages in there with Job where he's struggling, and uh, his friends don't ever say that to him by any means, so... I can't think of any one particular passage that would say that directly. Indirectly, you know, it's probably a, a conclusion that you can draw from the Bible. Concepts but in there. There's know. concepts there, but I don't think that's an actual verse.
0: That's a very uh, intelligent way to say that. Yeah, very intelligent way to say. no Audi, Audi. Audi. We're all going with Audi.
2: You are correct. Yes. Hey, really two for two. It ten. actually was misquoted by Mike Ditka when the Bears released him. And he said, "You know, guys, like the scripture says this too shall pass.'"
0: I have read that. I have read about him doing that. Yeah, yep. yeah. But now that's another one. That's you know, I said the other one uh, God up. So this too shall pass is right up there with that too. It really you know, is. Well, There's a lot of these. Yep. That are like that. Yeah, uh, and
2: it's really um, one. It's our ignorance, but uh, two, it's some bad theology because you'll hear a lot of that stuff around and. You really need to dig into God's word and, and get, to, again, it's about that relationship um, because they do have some, they are some kind of truth sayings. I mean, we could say yeah. this too shall pass. Michael talking about difficulties in his life. It yeah. will pass. Yep. Mm-hmm. It will get better. It may not be the way we want it to get better, but it'll get better. Yep. And so you just have to be careful with some of those things that we get uh, dogmatic about it or try to quote it as scripture yep. um, you know and people like to argue about that stuff and I don't really they know, do don't they it's just not worth it's not worth arguing <laughs> yeah. about
0: um, I think it's fun uh, discovering
2: yeah
0: though uh, and realizing some of those things kind of like songs from uh, your youth you know that you realize when you're 50 or so that you've been saying the wrong words the whole time <laughs> <And> uh, <laughs> you yeah. suddenly discover oh,
2: oh that's what that says you're like what well, my son thought when aerosmith said Dude looks like a lady. Yeah. <laughs> do the funky lady is what he thought he said. <laughs> he thought it was some kind of dance move, you know, do the funky lady. I'm like, dude looks like a lady, but, you know.
0: Uh, I just realized my wife and I were driving to Nashville a couple of days ago, and uh, I heard Raspberry Parade on the radio. <laughs> and I didn't know until that day it was Raspberry Parade. Oh, Ray. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I told her and she just kinda of looked at me like, uh, duh. We, we, didn't know we that. had a, No. we had the same
3: thing with the uh, the top gun song, you know, Danger Zone, you know. And for, you know, what year did the, the top to the what
0: eighty, was it? 80 I, danger zone. I, 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 and
3: I always I thought it was I went to the danger zone. <laughs> and I was like L. another L. another one of my chaplain buddies. We both swore that's the way the song is and our wives looked at us like you guys are idiots. And we're like, Well, I guess we are Uh
0: There's a lot of those. Uh, idiots oh, on a side note, uh, Lee Strobel said, whole show is a side the whole thing <laughs> is actually a side note, but I think that's why some, some folks kind of like it because they're side notes. Anyway, uh, we're all side notes together. Lee Strobel said, you know, the uh, best way to, to spot a counterfeit is to know what the real thing looks like. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't Lee Strobel. It was, uh, <laughs> Hank Hanegraaff. <laughs> the best way to spot a counterfeit is to know, you know, my mom worked at a is. bank. Or was it Lee?
1: (laughs) Well, maybe. Uh, (laughs) My mom worked at a bank, and the way that they trained her to spot counterfeits was not to spend time with a counterfeit, because those can vary greatly. Mm -hmm. But the way you can get into spot a counterfeit is you spend time with the real thing. And when you spend time with the real thing, you notice these are the things that don't change that are always going to be in there. And so that's actually how they train bank tellers. Interesting. See,
0: we're a world of information right here. Most of it useless. Most of it useless. You're welcome. (laughs) We'll be back in a minute with a closing hymn.
2: Oh, wow. What a great contestant and a fine sport today on Any or Audi, America's almost favorite new game show. Study up, future guest people. You're next in the hot seat for Any or Audi.
0: Hey, we're back. Uh, glad you stuck around with us, and thanks for joining us for this episode. I think it was a good talk. It sounded like a good talk there in the middle. Front was a little sketchy. The middle was pretty good. I felt like it had some interesting like an
2: Oreo cookie,
0: kind of like an Oreo. Yes, and we're going to end it not <laughs> like we started it. Uh, very frivolous. Actually, not because as I always say, we're keeping in church tradition of ending these programs with a hymn, and I know churchy people like to do that. So we do not want to let them down. Correct that's right sure so we're not going to today's uh, hymn was selected from the mike the baptist hymnal it's page 84 mm-hmm. if you've got your hymnal if you're driving it's okay just look it up read it i do that all the time maybe you won't get stopped anyway uh michael coons this is one of his favorite hymns from the hymnal uh and he's going to lead us in the hymn today to close out mike the baptist and we'll see you next week if we last here we we come walking down the street we get the funniest looks from everyone we meet hey hey we're the monkeys and people say we monkey around we're (laughs) too busy singing to put anybody down let's do all that again that was kind of i think we're ready now (laughs) sure it's so spiritual
1: yeah There are some sort of spirits in there. Here we come. Come. Walking down the street, we get the funniest looks from
0: everyone we meet. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. People say we monkey around, but we're too busy
1: singing
3: to put anybody down.
0: Great selection, Coombs.
1: The Baptist...